Hello, and welcome to Combos for a Bubbly Life, a place where we talk about ways for you to live the life you've always dreamed of. Hey, 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 welcome to Combos for a Bubbly Life. On this podcast, we explore the journey of creating your version of a bubbly life, an extraordinary life by your own design. I'm your host, Tierra, a.k.a. T, and I love to live a life that is bubbly. So let's get to it. Today, I really want to talk to you about this little word that feels kind of big, and that is intimidation. I talked a little bit about it in my dating episode about how I tend to, like, intimidate others and how I also feel intimidated by things. Let me know. Have you ever felt intimidated? Let's have this conversation inside the A Bubbly Life Facebook group. If you're not already a part of it, make sure that you get a part of it. If you have a Facebook account, if you get on Facebook, be in the group. Turn on notifications. I'm super excited that I will be starting doing, um, I think, at least monthly uh, tarot readings inside the community. We're going to do it Zoom style. All I want to do is Zoom, 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 Zoom. <laughs> okay, anyways, sorry. <laughs> Musical interlude there. But, yeah, so be on the lookout for those things. So make sure you're in the community. Uh, I will, I'm looking to just doing tarot readings exclusively inside the community unless you have um, purchased mentorship with me. I can do a tarot reading or oracle divination channeling, whatever, one-on-one session with you as a part of your mentorship package. So look out for all of that jazz. Turn on the notifications. You know the deal. Anyways, so intimidated. I can be intimidated. What? Many people can be intimidated. Do you get intimidated? I think it's super funny how so often we get stuck on like how other people perceive us and we don't want to be scared. We don't want to come off as scared, afraid, fearful, intimidated. They all kind of resonate from the same place. And actually, this goes back to pickleball for me. Um, I'm learning so many things about myself from going to the courts, right? So there is a particular court that Jay really likes to play at. And I was talking to a a player there the other, like, yesterday, uh, and I was, like, telling her how I felt like intimidated to come out and play with Jay because I am aware that they have um, very good players at that court. Like on a regular basis, like there are still beginners and intermediate people and whatever people learning the game. Um, It is like the location is like the closest courts that we know of that are closest to where we live. And so it is more convenient to get there. Uh, there are other courts that seem to be more friendly or less competitive, right? And so I was, like, telling that her, like, you know, like, well, you know, based off of what Jay was telling me, it's a very, like, competitive court, and, like, a lot of, like, high-end players go there, and so, like, I was intimidated. I'll admit, I was intimidated to come and play with you guys. And so she was like, well, the only way you get on this level is if you practice, right? Like, the only way that you can, like, compete at the level that these people, like, everybody was a beginner at some point. And, like, you're talking to people, like, like some of the people that, like, were in, like, the top level of this tournament that I went to, 
um, had started maybe a year, two years ago. Like it was like their COVID thing that people were doing, right? It was like learning how to play this sport. So obviously, like it doesn't take an extremely long amount of time to kind of quote unquote master it. Like if you're winning gold medals at tournaments, to me that feels like you've reached the level of mastery. You might not be the best of the best and you might not be pro, but there is a level of mastery to the skill. And two years to me does not seem like a long time in the grand scheme of things of of mastery, self-mastery. And how do we self-master? We practice. Right, And so one of the things I love to talk about and one of the things I love about creating the life and the experiences that we desire is being self-led. And we can't be self-led if we are intimidated by our own self, intimidated by our own desires, right? Being afraid of what it is that we want to experience in our lives. Because if we're afraid... (laughs) It's not it's so weird when we think of, when I think about it, like, okay, like I really want I really, really, really want a a fun job or I really, really, really want a like no limits to my income. I really, really, really want, you know, the love of my life. But we really want these things. But are we afraid of actually getting the thing? Or are we afraid of the action that it takes to get to where we want to get to? Are we afraid of failure? Are we intimidated by all these other obstacles and things coming that are, might come our way if we take the step in that direction? These are the things that I really want you to really delve into and think about and, again, have that conversation inside the, the Abubbly Life Facebook group and break it down for yourself. Look at what it is. What is it that you want to create? Let me go to the the dating game. Like I just released an episode about that, right? So when I decided to take off the dating apps on my phone, was it because I was intimidated by, you know, all the people who I was matching with? No, it was because I wasn't having fun with any of the people. There's a difference, right? Like, and being able to acknowledge it. And regardless of what other somebody else might say about you if you make a decision to stop doing something or whatever, like, <laughs> understand. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to go date. No, I'm saying I'm just not going to, like, participate in those apps because they just, like, felt trashy to me. Like, it felt gross to me. It was not fun for me. But I am going to take the time to, like, if I go out and about, like, making sure that I'm getting out of my home and I'm going to be talking to people. My new job is talking to people all day. Like, there's, there is so ample opportunity and possibility to meet new people in other ways. Maybe it's not necessarily as, like, refined down at, to people that are interested in dating or hooking up or whatever they're interested in. It's not as refined down, but still there is opportunity out there. It might be a little bit harder to discern whether or not someone's single or looking or whatever without asking a question, but <laughs> it is. And that, oh, actually, that's something that I learned yesterday. So I talked about it in the dating game update as well. So make sure you listen to that podcast episode if you haven't already. Um, but one of the things that came up when I was like chatting with this guy and I was like, you didn't tell anybody, like you didn't make it apparent. And I feel like 
if I was your girlfriend, I'd be a little bit upset if I had found out that, like, you're chatting up a bunch of girls, and a bunch of girls are, like, hanging out with you, <laughs> and then um, you don't mention that you have a girlfriend. You don't work it into the conversation, because they think, they might think that you're flirting, and then you're trying to, like, hook up, and then it's like, oh, I have a girlfriend, like, whatever, <laughs> and he was like, well, and I, the times that I've done it, I've gotten burned, and the girls are like, I wasn't asking you if you had a girlfriend, and I'm like, okay, fair, it could happen, but I think it's important to just, like, slide it in naturally into the conversation with anyone that it could feel like, you know, a flirty, like, that kind, like, it might be heading in that direction, and he was like, well, you know, you could just ask, right, <laughs> like, if that is something that you could do, and I was like, you know what, there is, it's not all on this person, right? It's not all on his his fault for not mentioning it. It's also not all my fault for not asking, but there there it is, right? So often we're afraid of having some awkward conversations, awkward moments of being embarrassed, being, like, in these, like, uncomfortable situations. But the way to get through and over and around these uncomfortable situations is communicating and communicating from a place of love uh i think it's super helpful like love is a swerve regard no matter where it is like that's what my mentor has taught me is love is a swerve so when you come with the intention of love i love this opportunity that's happening i'm loving like learning about my life learning about myself being self-led and really engaging and what i'm creating for myself like there's just like no better way <laughs> to like move around and get around and and engage dig deep in the world so we're talking about this like and when we're looking at it all right well <laughs> what is it about anything that you're looking big small whatever like it's all perception you know it's all the same energy right like you can you can, the same amount of like manifesting quote unquote energy magical energy goes into creating a million dollars as it does to i don't know find the button you've been looking for on the floor. I don't <laughs> It all seems like, you know, in our minds, it seems like it's something so grandiose, like one's way more grandiose than the other because that's what we've been taught to. Like that's what like society tells us, like a million dollars is super hard to do, super hard to make. Finding a button, it can be inconvenient, but like usually like you have an understanding of like where you might have lost it so you can have an understanding of where to look and pick it up, like, a million dollars, but I don't know, like, where are you going to do it, where are you going to get it from? <laughs> so, all of that to say, like, why are we afraid? Why are we intimidated? And then, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that huge you know when we think about time you think about moving away from different situations like if we think about it from the perspective of you're driving a car and you're driving upon this obstacle this you're driving towards your desires this obstacle this potential failure this potential thing that you're afraid of 
you're intimidated by is coming at you, right? And so as you're driving, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you might get more and more anxious, fearful, intimidated to have this experience because maybe you don't know what to do. There's this, I don't know, like a big elk is in the middle of the road. (laughs) I've hit a couple of deer. It's not the fun thing to do. It's very, it's a very jarring situation. Um, Highly, 110% don't recommend doing it with your car. Um, I've totaled a car that way, so, (laughs) but that's another story. Um, Not fun, right? But, like, it's it's over and it's done with at this point, right? So, like, we're driving, we're in the moment, you see it, you're like, okay, what do I do? Like, you're going maybe 60 miles an hour, because in my experience, both of, both times I did it, I was <laughs> on the highway. Uh, you're 50, 60 miles an hour, whatever, maybe even faster, you're driving, and it's like, if I swerve, I might go into a guardrail, it might swerve into another car, What's going to create the least amount of issue, impact, struggle (laughs) Uh, is usually what happens in that. For me, that's what kind of happened in those situations of, like, what do I do? I mean, I feel like the first time it happened, like, there was no – there wasn't even time to react or think about how to react. It was like this this deer just came out of the sky and – jumped and landed on my car, and I don't, like, it was like, what do I do, like, I don't even know, and, like, you know, it's skidded across the highway, it's like, I feel like it was, like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, Um, I'm, like, I remember I was on 288, so I guess I am going into the, like, the details of the the stories, Um, I was on 288, which is in the Richmond area of Virginia, and I had just gotten off of work at the time, I was doing these knife demonstrations inside grocery stores. And I was just like, oh, like I was exhausted, just trying to get home. I was like more probably like 30 to 40 minutes away from my parents' house. And I was like just trying to get home. And I'm like in this like, I don't even know what to do. (laughs) Like it was just like all of this stuff and it never happened to me before right it never happened to me and I don't know what to do and I like you know like in the moment have to make decisions right you have to make decisions on like what to do with the car where to go what's the best course of action who do I call do I call my insurance right now do I call like like I'm like (laughs) I'm like fresh out of college and I have like zero experience with these things uh how do I adult in this moment how do I be do the responsible thing what is the right thing to do? And I don't remember which order it happened. I do know that I called my dad because dad has all the answers, of course, <laughs> uh, especially when it comes to cars. And I was like, I remember trying to see if I could, like, drive my car at all. And, like, I like I was like, well, maybe I can get home. And I was like, I'm in the, on the highway. Like, I don't want to get out of my car. That seems like a dumb idea. Uh, so I, like, try to get my car as as close to the edge as I can. Um, I think like a fire truck drove past me and like pulled over and like stopped and like turned its lights on. So like, you know, like I wasn't just, cause I, at the time I drove this Dodge Neon and so I wasn't like alone, 
when I think back to it now, it's like, oh man, like I was like highly blessed because it's like super dark and it was a little bit on a curve and um, coming off of an exit. So like super easy to like get hit again um, based off where I was, but I couldn't drive my car. My car was not physically able to move anymore. Um, the what do you call it? The bumper was like on the ground, like scraping the ground and my engine was like kind of shot. So like it was not going to go anywhere else. So this fire truck was like parked behind me. I think I called insurance at some point, called my dad. Um, we got the car towed and my dad came and picked me up and took me home and all that kind of stuff. And my car was totaled. I was very sad. <laughs> it was my first car. It was very, very upsetting. Right. But like, it was huge in that moment. Right. Like I was, my car was totaled. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get to work? What, like I had plans to go visit another friend. Uh, I was going to go to South Carolina and like spend the week with my friend and I was going to work down there for this nice company and like all this stuff happened. And my mom like let me borrow her car, but she was not going to let me take her car all the way to South Carolina. Uh, it is what it is. Right. And so, but like, it actually triggered a series of events that led to me getting a different job because I was not loving that job anyway. It led to a series of events that got me to move to uh, the D.C. area, which I lived there for like five years, and I loved it. Um, it sparked this whole new trend in my life, how I think about it. And it was such a big issue right then and there in that moment. But getting back into that car again, swerving around that obstacle that I went I'm driving down the journey that is my life that was like I don't know 2012 I think it was around like October November 2012 it is now 2022 10 years ago it is so far behind me <laughs> like if I look in the rear view mirror of the car the like the the map that is my life I I can't even see it Right? I can't even see it in my rearview mirror. It's nowhere near me. It is so small now. Such a small bump in my road at this point. <laughs> it's imperceptible if I were to, like, take that car metaphor again, right? Like, imperceptible. I'm in a whole new car now, driving down the road, keeping it moving, going on and journeying on. So, all that story and shift to come back to when we look at our lives and we look at our desires and we're heading towards them and we're heading towards situations that can feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we can swerve and avoid it. Sometimes there's no time to swerve and we have to just hit it head on. And in the moment when you're in it, it can be tough. It can be rough, but what we can remember is a year, five years, ten years from said moment, we can, it's no longer an issue, hopefully. <laughs> it's gone, like it's not as big anymore. It is in the rear view. You're past it. And there's a possibility that you're actually kind of happy 
that it happened. I actually never, like, I did not plan to tell that story ahead of time. Like, I free flow. Like, I will have an idea for a topic when I do these podcasts, but whatever comes out is what comes out. Like, I don't plan any of it. And so I think it's super funny that that conversation came through to tell you, and I I hope it's, like, eye-opening for for some of you. or all of you, <laughs> or one of you, it doesn't matter, right? Like, I hope it kind of, like, brings things a little bit into perspective for you guys because it's just like, oh, wow. Like, I hadn't thought about the fact that if I hadn't hit that deer, like, oh, I probably would have gone to South Carolina and hung out with a friend. I might have met a person there and then ended up staying, especially especially at that age, like 20, I was, like, what, 22, 23? Um, at that age, psh- have like the right person hit on me I might have like you know been like oh I'm moving here and I'm going to stay here and I had I had a quote-unquote job uh so that like could be worked pretty much from anywhere where they had stores willing to you know have them come in and like present these knives right and like partner with them right so like I could have been like oh I want to move to South Carolina and be with this guy and maybe I would maybe I wouldn't (laughs) like live there, like it, whatever, like, who knows the course of the journey that could have happened, but, you know, I really am happy with where I am right now, and would that trajectory have taken me to where I am right now? I don't know, but I am thankful for the exper- a lot of the experiences that I've had over the last 10 years, and I feel like <clears throat> a big part of them was being sparked by that one situation, having to be carless. Having to buy a new car. Oh wow, <laughs> that was an experience. Uh, learning questions to ask, so when I get go to the next stage of my life and I end up buying another car, I won't have some of the situations that happened to me previously happen to me again. Like the car that I bought, <laughs> they didn't have a second key for it. And when I like, I was like, wait, I only got one key, and I went to, like I stopped and I went back in and I was like, hey, there's only one key for this car. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's only one key. And in that moment, I, like, was, like, so done and tired and exhausted and went back and, like, just got in the car. And they were like, they told me there was only one key. And then we just, like, left. But had I, like, slowed down and been like, you know what? Fuck that shit. No. Like, had I thought about the fact that, like, I mean, at that time, maybe keys are not expensive. But, like, fast forward 10 years and I have I bought a new key and it was, it's like, it was a $500 key, like, no lie. So, like, I could have potentially gotten a new key had I, like, gone back in. I'm like, yo, I just bought this car, and you're just now telling me that, like, if I turned up, I probably could have got a free key, <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever. And I saved myself $500 down the road, um, all these things. So lessons learned, right? Uh, <laughs> super wonderful experiences that didn't seem wonderful in the moment that seemed horrific actually in the moment but now I can laugh about it and I'm sure there's experiences in your life like that too like where you think about it you know not saying like make little like big T traumas or even encouraging you to try to, like, make light of any situation. But, like, 
you can look at your life and see what still has charge, what doesn't, what's still triggering, what's not. And the things that you can truthfully say, oh, that doesn't, that like really has zero effect on me when I think about this memory. It's so far in the past. I've let go of like all the emotion through the gift of time. And it's super possible that it could have led to all of these other things. And you can witness and even get excited and thankful and grateful for a moment that back then could have felt so big, intimidating, scary, horrific, uncomfortable, and acknowledge how it got you to where you are now or to a place that you were thankful that you got to experience and continue moving from there. So, with all that, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Invite your friends to join Convos for a Bubbly Life. Listen and share it out with your friends. And you can always go to www.abubbly.life slash luxury living to get access to all the different things I have going on, including getting one-on-one mentorship with me and help you be more self-led in creating your version of above my life. All right. I'll catch you on the next one. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to Combos for a Bubbly Life. I invite you to subscribe, comment, and of course, follow the link in the description of this video to tap into more ways for you to live a bubbly life. Love you. Thank you.